Let's all stand in honor and reverence to the reading of the Word of God tonight, Matthew chapter 16. And uh, we're going to read a handful of verses here and get into the Word. Matthew 16, look in verse number 13 with me tonight, and we'll read down through verse number 17. The Bible says, when Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the singing tonight and how it's blessed my heart, Father, and I'm th thankful tonight, God, to be able to assemble together one more time here in your house, Father. Open up your precious word and look into it for a little while for some help and strength and encouragement and conviction, and God, just I pray tonight that you would help us, God, as only you can. We certainly do need you tonight. I certainly do need you as I cannot stand here alone, Father. I need you, God, just to speak through me. Father, for just a little while, get the flesh out of the way, calm my nerves, and settle my mind, dear Father. And God, I pray that you use this, use this message to be a blessing to our hearts tonight. Give us that help we stand in need of tonight, Father. We love you. Thank you for all you do for us, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. You can be seated so far. Here it is on Sunday night. So far, we have been looking at the subject of our faith or the faith once delivered. We take that out of Jude, verse number three, and started asking the question several weeks ago, what exactly is the faith? Because it doesn't say a faith or your faith or our faith or anything like that. It's very exclusive. It is the faith. And what that tells me is that you can have faith in a lot of things, but there is only one faith that will get you to heaven. And so we been, began looking at that and built a foundation, and we started by looking at our faith in God's Word. Then we, we went through about three or four weeks of that, and then we moved on to our faith in God and looked at that about three or four weeks. And tonight we're going to move on from looking at our faith in God and begin looking at the thought of our faith in God's Son. And we read in Matthew chapter 16 here that Jesus asked his disciples what men were saying about him. And make no mistake, he already knew what men were saying, but the Lord was going to use this occasion to teach his disciples an important truth. It's the same idea behind God asking Adam over in Genesis, where art thou? Now, you know, Adam and Eve, they had sinned. They disobeyed God. They sewed those little fig leaves onto them to hide their nakedness. And then they began to hide their entire person from God. And when God came down in the cool of the day, as he, all, as he normally did, to walk with them and fellowship with them, he, he said, where art thou? He didn't ask Adam, where art thou, because God didn't know where he was. He, he asked him because he was going to teach him a lesson. And the same thing is true here today. When Jesus looked at his disciples and said, 
oh, what do men say about me or what do men call me or what do men say I am? He wasn't asking because he didn't know. He was asking because he's getting ready to teach them something. And as we've looked at in the past weeks, God is all-knowing. God is all-powerful. God is ever-present. He's everywhere at the same time. He's not bound by time and space. He knows our thoughts before we even think them. He is God. He is powerful. He is perfect. He is personal. Aren't you glad for all of those things? So here's the thing. Jesus asked his disciples this question. Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? His disciples, in turn, give him several answers. And the same is true even still today. Some people say Jesus was a great teacher. Some people say he was a prophet. Others say he was an inspirational leader. So it's clear to me tonight, and it ought to be clear to you as well, that, that where am I going with this? I just lost my thought. People do not always look at Jesus the same way. In other words, who Jesus is to me is not necessarily the same Jesus he is to you or somebody else. And that's a problem. That's a problem. It's clearly that it's clear tonight that Jesus is not the same to everybody. We have seen this. If you've been coming on Wednesday nights at all, we have seen this while we have been studying cults and false religions on Wednesday nights. Every one of them believe in a man named Jesus. Every one of them do. But what they believe about Jesus and what they or who they believe Jesus was is vastly different between every single cult. And one thing that is common with all of them is he's not the Jesus that the Bible teaches he is. And so you better be careful. You can talk to a Jehovah's Witness today. And you can talk to a Mormon today. You can talk to a Christian scientist. You can talk to a, someone that, I mean, you can talk to these people and sit and talk all day about Jesus. But you better mark it down. The Jesus you're referring to is not the Jesus they are referring to. That's what's dangerous about it. Now, here's the thing. The question of eternity it doesn't matter that there's so many different views of Jesus. Here's what matters. Here, it does matter, but here's the, the question of eternity hinges on this. What do you say about Jesus? We know there's a bunch of different views on Jesus. We know there's a bunch of different beliefs on Jesus. And so the question of eternity hinges upon this question. What do you say about Jesus? Have who have you determined Jesus to be? And it's, it's bodily important for you to determine what you believe about Jesus Christ and know why you believe it. Oh, preacher, I don't see the big deal. Well, here's the big deal. It de determines whether you go to heaven when you die or go to hell. Because here's the thing. If all you believe about Jesus is that he's a good teacher, you don't believe in the Jesus in the Bible. If all you believe about Jesus is that he's some kind of magical genie and, and you can rub his lamp, this lamp and he pops out to give you every whim and every, every desire that you have, then you're not, you're not following the Jesus in the Bible. If you believe Jesus was just a wonderful philosopher and that he was a good teacher, you are not following the Jesus in the Bible. And what you believe about Jesus determines your eternal destiny. 
And so the, the, you know, the success and failure of your Christian life hinges upon that question. Who do you say that Jesus is? If he is who he says he is, and he deserves your unwavering commitment. And if he's not who he says he is, then we need to go in search of the real truth or just give up finding it altogether. The goal of tonight's message and the messages over the next couple of weeks are to, to, to enable us to determine that Jesus truly is God's Son, the one true hope for this world and for your life. I said it this morning in the message. I was driving home, and I told Nicole, I said, I have never looked at it like that. It's right underneath our noses. Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. Have you ever sat and just thought about that? He's the way. You know, these cults believe that he's not the way. They believe the way is through Muhammad or the way is through Joseph Smith or the way is by doing this and doing that. And people believe Oprah, she says, there's many ways to heaven. Joel Osteen even said, there's many ways to heaven. But Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it just hit me when I was studying this past week for that message this morning. It just hit me. He's the only way, and he can be the only way, because honey, nobody else has ever came from heaven to this earth. Nobody has ever came from heaven to this earth. Joseph Smith could have believed that all he wanted. Muhammad could have believed it all he wanted. But the fact stands, that didn't come from heaven. I told that story about that, that, that African villager, and, and he looked at that pastor, that missionary who was trying to get those documents or get, trying to get the gospel into that, into that village, and he looked at him and he said, I'm the way because I made the way. Y'all know that's what Jesus did. He's the way because he's the only one that's ever come from heaven and sitting on this earth. He can't. There can't be any other way because only he would know how to get back up there. That's so simple, ain't it? Never hit me till this past week. Never hit me. Simple, Jonathan. Simple. There can't be another way because nobody else ever can. Mm. I can't wait to use that on somebody when I'm witnessing to them. I'll be honest with you. In the Word of God, we're going we're gonna to look at four perspectives on the person of Jesus Christ, and we're going to cover one of them tonight, all right, Lord willing. I want you to notice number one. This will be four messages, but here's the first message, all right, on our faith in God's Son. I want to look at the definition of Jesus Christ. The definition of Jesus Christ, and there's three or four things here that I'm going to go over tonight, but point number one, the definition of Jesus Christ. Exactly who is Jesus Christ? What definitive statements does the Bible make about him? And as God's Word enlightens the following statements, I want you, and, and it should allow us to begin to see a clearer picture of exactly who Jesus is. Number one, yeah, it's one of them 1.3 subpoints. okay? So number one, the big number one is the definition of Jesus Christ. Now, little number one is he is equal with God the Father. That is something that almost no cult will ever tell you. It won't. 
That is something that the world will never tell you. He is equal. But hey, when we look into the Word of God tonight, we find that he is equal with God the Father. Jesus is equal with God in his power. Jesus is equal with God in his eternality. Jesus is equal with God in his authority. And Jesus is equal with God in every way possible tonight. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 6 says this, Being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, this is an interesting verse dissect it out and do some word studies with it. It says, Jesus possessed the form of God. Now, what exactly does that mean? This phrase literally means the form by which a person strikes the vision, the external appearance, an outward manifestation of an inner reality. Now, you think about this. Bible says no man has seen God. You remember in the Old Testament, nobody could look upon God. Moses couldn't look upon him. Those old prophets, nobody could look upon God. You know what God did? God put himself in the form of a human being and called him Jesus Christ. Just think about that. Think about that. The form by which a person strikes the vision. You know what Jesus Christ was? He was God in human form. He was God in human form. Clearly, he was and is the very essence of God. Now, contrary to, to the teachings of many false doctrines, Jesus did not somehow achieve deity as he progressed in righteousness. He is not like God. He is not similar to God. He is God. This was not achieved as he hung upon the cross and rose from the dead. His deity enabled him to accomplish those things. He says, there's a lot of cults that's got some funny teaching about that. We was looking at it last Wednesday. Some of the funny stuff that people believe. But here's the thing. The word equal here has the idea of being, and I quote, equal to in quality and quantity. Yeah, what is this? Hey, y'all come on with me. Come on now. It says, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So we have the word form, the form by which a person strikes the vision, the external appearance, an outward manifestation of an inward reality. And then we are told that he is equal with God, which literally means equal to quality, and in quantity. Yeah, I'm making a case that Jesus is God. All right, that's what we're seeing right here. And, and so the word equal here, I just, yeah, I done said it. Jesus possesses the same deity that God the Father possesses, and he possesses an equal amount as well. It's hard for us to comprehend tonight that Jesus stands as a unique entity of God but he is God. He took on a robe of flesh, concealed his identity, or concealing his deity, but he never ceased to be equal with God. I hate that making sense because it makes my head hurt when I start thinking about it. You know why? Because I can't figure it out. You know what? Y'all ain't going to figure it out either. 
All I know is he's equal with God, but yet we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three and one, one and three. One is not exactly the same as the other, but at the same time, they are all God. Amen. I need an Advil. But that's okay. I believe it because my Bible tells me that. And if you don't believe it, you're not believing the Bible. Amen. People that say Jesus was not God, then that breaks down the Trinity. It breaks down the Word. And the Bible says the Word was in the beginning with God, and the Word was God. And then it goes down and says, and the Word was made flesh. Hey, it all fits together. When was Jesus? He's always been. Well, preacher, I thought he got his start there in Matthew when he was born. Nope. He's all throughout the Old Testament. Y'all go home and study something called a Christophany. There's many times in the Old Testament that we see something called the angel of the Lord. <laughs> you know what the Christophany is? You know what we call that? Well, that is referring to an appearance of Christ before the advent. Well, preacher, how can you say that? Because the Bible tells me he always has been. And he always will be. He was in the beginning with God. Preacher, I need some explanation. Ain't got none. I'm sorry. I can't figure it out in this little simple mind. But I believe it by faith. God's word said it. Amen. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Without faith, here's the thing, y'all. We get so caught up a lot of times in trying to prove things. Don't ever forget that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. There's a lot of things that can be proven, and y'all know in my prayer. And when I get up here, I love to bring out things that, I mean, just like Jesus being the way. Of course he's the way. He's the only one that ever came from heaven. He's the only one that knows. He made the way, so he's the only way. But here's the thing. You got to have faith. Yeah. I've often said it like this. If you become a Christian just because of something I said that proved the Bible to be true, I don't know if you really got it. Well, Virgie, how can you say that? Because without faith, there's always an element of faith. Always an element of faith. That's why it's harder and harder to witness to people. They want to know why, why. I mean, you sit there and talk to you blue in the face, and every time you get done, why, why? Well, I don't understand that. Why? I'm honest. I mean, I'll just be honest. You can take them so far, and then you have to look at them in the eye and say, "Well, that's where faith comes in. That's where faith comes in." So here's the thing. He took on a robe of flesh, he conce concealing his deity, but he never ceased to be equal with God. I, me I, I mentioned that a little bit this morning. He got tired. He got hungry. He got thirsty. And of course, just like Satan was tempting him, all he had to do was turn stones into bread. But he didn't. Imagine that. Just go home and meditate on how humble our God must be.
to do that. He's equal with God the Father, and any other view of Jesus is wrong tonight. Number two, he's not only equal with God the Father, but he is the express image of God. Uh, these kind of go hand in hand. But here's the thing, everything that God the Father is, Jesus the Son is also. Just for just a brief 33-year period, he chose to robe his divine attributes in human flesh and walk this earth, but in no way did he ever reduce his deity or oneness with the Father. Colossians chapter 1 tells us this in verse number 15 and 16. Who is, this is speaking of Jesus, who is the image of goes back to Philippians. I done got you on that one, okay? Philippians 2, 6. Think about that. Here in Colossians 1, 15. Jesus Christ, who is the image of the invisible God. Okay? I'm not out here in left field. Y'all go with me, all right? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Let me ask you a question. If he didn't exist in the beginning, how did he create everything? But preacher, God created everything. I know, that's the point I'm trying to get to you tonight. Jesus and God are equal. They are the same. The word image, now I want you to notice this. I'm going to keep looking at this, okay? The word image comes from a word that gives us our word icon. Here's what it means. A copy or a likeness. Here's what he's saying. Paul is saying, when you see Jesus Christ, you also see the Almighty God. I know, Advil, right? I get it. This is what Jesus told his own disciples. John 14, 9. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Hey, could you imagine? That's one, of those, that's one of those I wish I was a fly on the wall conversations. Philip's like, show us the Father. And he's like, have you not heard anything I've seen you over three and a half years? You've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because he is an image of the invisible God. Can you hear it all? I'm just telling you what the Bible says. The writer of Hebrews said that Jesus was the express image of his person. That's in Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 3. Now that phrase means that Jesus is the precise reproduction of God in every aspect. Preacher, what is your point? I'm trying to get y'all to understand. I'm trying to give y'all ammunition for when you talk to somebody and they look at you and say, yeah, I believe in Jesus, but I don't believe he was God. You know what you got to do to, you know what you got to do to make that statement true? And by the way, it's not true, so nothing you do will make it true, but I'm trying to get you to understand something here. In order to make that even valid, you've got to pretty much rip up the Bible. You do. The Gnostics in Colossae, they were trying to make Jesus less than God, just like people do today. And Paul counters that and reminds us that Jesus is God. He has always been God, and he always will be God. He was the firstborn, firstborn of all creation. It means he is honored above all. No 
and ever walked on earth that had more honor than Jesus Christ, whether it be in heaven, whether it be in my heart, whether it be in my home, or in the house of God, is above all. And when you deny him that honor in any one of those places, you're in trouble and you will grieve God. Yes. Number three, he is eternally preexistent. See, it's all going together, all right? This is Jesus, who we're talking about Jesus, our faith in Jesus tonight. Just like God the Father, Jesus Christ, his Son, has always existed in eternity back and will continue to exist throughout eternity future. You cannot go back to a time when Christ did not exist. No. We need to understand these things. Why is it? Now, I'm telling you, all these build on each other. When we started, we started with our faith in God's Word. Well, why is it that we can have faith in God's Word? Well, because when you look at our faith in God, we realize that God is perfect. We realize that God does no things wrong. We realize how we got the Word of God. And it came from God. It didn't come from men, right? I know men and God, hey, God used, hey, you know, this is something I just, I've never, people have such a hard time believing that God would use men to write his word. Well, if you have a hard time believing that, then you ought to have a hard time believing that God would use preachers. And God would use pastors. And God would use people like you and I tonight to give the gospel to this world. And that we could see men and women saved by the power of God because he uses us. And we all know that, right? We are his hands and his feet. Guess what? We were his hands and his feet back then. You no, know the Bible says the Bible was written by holy men as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. He's never changed the way he works. You know why? Because he never changes. <laughs> that, John, that ought to be encouraging us. Yeah. Amen. He used imperfect people. I mean, you think about Peter at Pentecost there. You think about Peter and denying Jesus, but yeah, here he comes back and he preaches and 3,000 souls are saved. God breathed through him and, and used him to pin down part of the Bible. Hey, God uses people. Maybe. Why does he use people? Well, I can tell you certainly ain't because he needs to. It's because he wants to. But make no doubt about it. It's just like coming in and preaching. If you go by me back here and you say, preacher, that was a good message. You helped me. I'm going to look at you and say, well, thank God for it because he's where the help came from. It was no different in these Bible days. It was no different when men penned this word. God literally used them. Amen. You can't go back to a time when Christ did not exist. His existence didn't begin in Bethlehem. He's always been. He will forever be. Colossians 1.17 tells us this. I read 15 and 16 a while ago. Look at 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He's before all things. He's before. Hey, let me tell you, before there was light, before there was heat, before there was matter, was. Well, preacher, how do you know? You wasn't there. Well, that's where faith comes in. 
Yo, I'll be honest with you. I don't know 100% that I've got a brain. And I've even seen a scan of my brain before. But, I mean, how, how trustworthy is that piece of paper the doctor was handing me, right? Well, preaching you was probably there when they scanned. I don't know. I can go to my office right now. I can go to that office back there and get you a picture or anything. And look at it and put your name on and say, here's your brain. What am I trying to say? This is very simple. I've never really laid my own eyes on my own brain. I trust there's one up there because I'm using it right now. At least I'm trying to. I'm talking to you. I can see you. I'm sweating. I'm nervous. Hey, all of that stuff. I'm moving my arms like a madman up here. I'm, I'm, I'm reading the word that I need. It wouldn't take place if it wasn't for my brain. Or so they tell me. Why do people have such a hard time having faith in the word of God? I don't know. I wasn't there when Christ created everything. But I know he did because we're here. Right? As where faith comes in, Hebrews 11, 3 tells us this. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So don't argue with me about it. That's the verse. By faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. You know why it takes faith? Because nobody was there except God. You know who was there? God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. But here Jesus is eternally pre-existent. John chapter 1, verse number 1 and 2 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. You know where this came from? <laughs> hey, this, this Word that you got in your hand tonight, this Word you're laying in your lap, you know when, you know when it existed? Don't tell me 1611 or 1769 or 1946 or any of that. You know when it exists? It existed in the beginning. Amen. Well, preacher, how did that come? Because of the one it comes from. Amen. Word was in the beginning. I tell you. I want you to notice something. I love studying the words in the Bible. If y'all ain't figured that out by now. I'll show you something in John chapter one, verse number one, the Greek form of the English word. Just look at it. Go there with John one, verse number one. All right. Don't you look at this? Circle them. Make notes. Whatever you got to do. John chapter one, verse one. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. That word was, here's what it means in the Greek form. You want to know what it means? It means always has been. The Greek equivalent to our English word was in verse 1 means always has been. Now, if you look down in verse number 6, who in the Bible says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
Well, there's was, right? Well, in verse number six, that English word was is a different Greek word from that we find in verse number one. You know what that Greek word means? To become. Y'all following me? Listen to me. Here's what I'm trying to get at. John became, but Jesus always has been. That's what the Bible tells us here in John 1.1 and John 1.6. I love studying the Word of God. There's no mistakes in it. I mean, you might sit there and go, well, how can I know for sure? I mean, you know, I could say, well, Jonathan was born in 1985, and you'd be accurate. What does that mean? It means to become. You can't... The word was in verse 1 does not mean the same thing the word was in verse 6 means. It means has always been. There are no mistakes in the word of God. Mm. Y'all go home and think about it. I love the word of God. And thank God tonight he is the constant unchanging word of God. Hebrews 13, 8 tells us Jesus Christ the same yesterday and today and forever. You know why? Because when we find him in John 1, 1, he is equal with God and he's always been. He did not become, he has always been. That's why the Christian today can depend on Jesus. He'll never fail us. He'll never leave us. John 8, 58 said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. He used the same name that God Almighty did in the book of Exodus. That also teaches us that time is nothing to God. It would make sense grammar-wise to say, before Abraham was, I was. But see, God don't make no mistakes. <laughs> oh, y'all, please get a hold of that. This is good stuff. I was just having me a fitness study the other night. Before Abraham was, I am. Preacher, why are you saying all of this? Because ye believe, hey, go back to this morning's message. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. Yeah. See, you're going to encounter people out in the world. You're going to encounter people that don't believe Jesus and God are one. But see, here's the problem. Just as I preached this morning, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. We've got people tonight that believe wholeheartedly in God. They're just like Saul was before he had that Damascus Road experience. They believe in God, but they don't believe in Jesus. But honey, I'm telling you today, if you don't believe in Jesus and you don't believe what the Bible says about Jesus and you don't believe what Jesus says about himself, then you will forever miss heaven. The, the liberal theologian today teaches that Jesus Christ was a great teacher, but he never really claimed to be God. Listen to me, my friend. Before Abraham was, I am, is what he said. And you know, some people you're never going to get that across to. I'll go ahead and tell you that. Doesn't mean we don't try. I've seen Muslims sit there and say, give me one verse in the Bible where Jesus claimed to be God. I'm like, one? I can give you 400. 
I mean, I, I know that's a little exaggerated, but I can give you 40 on hope before Abraham was, I am. He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And you know, they'll look at you all day and say, no, 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 give me one verse where he, where he, where he claimed to be God. I'm like, what more do you want? The image of the invisible God. I'll give you all of them tonight. And then there's more. Some people are so blinded to the truth. But here's the thing tonight. We need to understand that he is the Jehovah. He is the I am. He is God. The Jews understood it perfectly. And hey, let me tell you something. The Jews understood this perfectly when he said before and Abraham was, I am. You know why I know that they understood it perfectly? Because they took up stones to kill him for blasphemy after saying it. Look at that Muslim and say, well, if you don't believe it, the Jews awful did. I mean, they did. You don't believe that verse is equating Jesus with God? The Jews believed that it was because they picked up stones to kill him for the sin of blasphemy after he said So if the Jews believe that's what it meant, why don't you believe what it meant? We ought to study our Bibles, y'all. Hey, tonight I thank God for revealing himself and his father to people like us. I'm glad tonight that an old sinner like myself can come to Jesus by simple faith and can be eternally saved by his amazing grace. Hey, I may not know, I may not know a lot about this precious old book, but I sure am glad that I know the Word of God personally this evening. How about you? How about you? What do you believe about Jesus? Whom do you say Jesus is?